Hey, everybody, this is the Drop the Beat podcast. My name is Charles Larita. And I'm Will Sarver. And we want to thank you guys so much for beating off with us this week and listening to us beat off. I actually got called out by someone on uh, through text about the beating off intro. You did? Uh, the, the, yeah, I did. And they were saying, why do you have to say that the whole time? I'm like, look, dude, bro, come on, cousin. It's we're 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 talking the beat. We're dropping the beat. We're beating off. That's what it is. That's what it's called. What else would yeah. you call it? I don't know. I, I don't understand why someone would have a problem with it. I don't. It there seems harmless to me. No, they said, is it necessary to say it? And then I said, yeah. And that was Ring it. That was that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening uh, every week, as you always do, and, of course, for beating off with us. We love, obviously, me and Will love beating off together, but we like beating off with an audience and beating off with friends and, and family and fans and supporters. It's so the thank thrill. you guys. It is the thrill. It's so good. So thank you guys so, so very much. Will, how you been holding up over there with those fly-ass glasses? Well, which you I know, guess you finally found. <laughs> I did, you know. <laughs> good, good. I just kind of reached around, you know. You know, I'm hanging, you know, hanging in over here, you know, got my nighttime shades on, as you mentioned, you know, I got to, that's what's up, baby. Yeah. Gotta stay safe. You know what I'm saying? Gotta stay safe. Damn. That blue light ain't got shit that's on you. That's it. Which is great. I love it. I love it so much. What, you got some tea over there? What you drinking? Actually, it's really exciting stuff. It's called water. Um, Ooh. Normally that- I have a nice herbal tea, um, or a bedtime tea, you know, these days. Oh, nice. Nice, but nice, uh, nice. you know, I just have I just have plain old water. Um, oh. You know, not exciting at all. How are you? How no, are you? I'm not bad. I have the official 1845 born in Maine Poland Spring, which I believe 1845 was a fabulous year for water. Um, that's the one I'm repping over here. It's very nice. Listen, that's, listen how good this sounds. Listen to this. That's how you know it's fresh. It's crisp. Right. That's the you know? sound of 1845 right there. It is. I'd imagine there's a lot of uh, sickness and bacteria and amputations. But other than that, the water was is it's not bad. I must say it's not bad. I don't think it's really bottled in, in Poland. No, it's born in Maine. Why is it called Poland Spring? This is bullshit. I want a refund. It's a lie. I'm, all, anyway. I'm all sorts of confused. <laughs> but I'm okay. I'm okay over here. Um, still getting used to having shorter hair in all the best ways possible where it's like, you know, I go in the shower and I just open my hand and just put the biggest, like, dollop of, like, shampoo and then realize I don't need that anymore. You just um, need a squirt. Just a squirt. Yeah, just a little, little, just 10 a little minute showers. Are, yeah, dude, 10 minute showers are just like, oh my God, that's something. That's a, it is, it's fabulous. I love it. It is nice. It's cool. It's good. It's good. But anyway, we have a question this week, William, um, which I figured I could read to you and we could probably discuss it. I think that would be something good to do. We can try it. I don't think we've done that. No, it'll be something new, I think, on the show, um, which should be pretty fun. But we, uh, have someone write a question in and if any of you guys listening would like to write a question you can go to charleslarita.com slash contact and fill out the little form your name where you're from and your question that you want us to answer in a nice little long format kind of show like we're doing here today and we will just beat off all over that question i think it's gonna be pretty pretty good perfect yeah so we yeah, do best I, I think yeah oh yeah i know we're, we're we're pros at beating it i think we've been doing it for years and years honestly um 
But anyway, <laughs> I couldn't hold that one. <laughs> no, that's fine. Oh, <laughs> I'm a child. Oh, it's fine. You're in good company. Um, but if we do pick your question, we will send you a free mischief shirt. So it's amazing, Rachel. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, it's pretty damn amazing. I would think so. It's a good. It's a. It's a fun shirt. It's. It's a cool. You know, you're gonna like it. It's free. Who doesn't like free stuff? If I could shoot it out of a big shirt cannon, I would. But I don't think I have that kind of range and tra- trajectory. Wow, I can't even say it. That's, Not yet. That's how, Not yet, no. you don't. <laughs> oh, boy, I'll make one, damn it. But anyway, we got someone from the current state we're both in writing in. Rachel M. wrote say in. What? And she She's from New Jersey, which is great. And she has a little preface kind of with this question, which I love the details on this because it's very, very relatable. I know she is not alone with this, and anyone else who has played in a group can definitely relate to this. So Rachel says, I've been playing for roughly 25 years professionally. In my bands, we usually have to use rehearsal space. No matter how conscious we were on time, there would always be a band waiting after us to rehearse. They would always start to drag their equipment in instead of being patient, and now you have two bands occupying the size space for one band, and everyone trying to figure out whose equipment is whose. What is good music etiquette at a rehearsal space and during multi-band live shows? Thank you, guys. Wow, that's so, a that's such a good question. Uh, it is. That's fa- <laughs> that's fantastic. When I saw this one coming, I was like, "This is no. This is this is a real good one." Um, it's like the, these are the things that you don't really think about, but are all too real. Yeah, and I mean, we've you know, if we kind of dig back into the recesses of our Borg memory banks, you and I have gone through this this stuff. Incredibly. So Rachel is talking about not so much rehearsal space like the rat cave where, you know, you and I have a private thing, but more of a public space where you have to go in and you kind of rent studio time or rehearsal time. Yeah. And, you know, you have a time slot kind of thing like that. And you have other bands coming in. And me being a horribly, horribly anxious person all the time, that would freak me out because something that I wouldn't be overly comfortable with is not only me just trying to clean up, but finishing rehearsal and someone getting there early you know and the whole thing i always say it's you're done when you're done if you if you have time allotted in a space or a set for a band on stage it's you're finished when you're finished when that when that time is done that's that's when you're done and so if you're another band you have to be respectful about it and that's the hardest part because there are so 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 many groups and bands and things where they just think their shit don't stink and they can just oh. mosey on they can just mosey on in and be like, oh, yeah, you're done now. And that is just god-awful, and I, I hate, hate that with, like, a passion that bothers me so much. Have you have you ever had to use a public rehearsal space with something kind of like that and have where it's, where it's you know, thickly scheduled, if you will? Yeah, I mean, I definitely in a school setting, um, more so in college, for sure, because, uh, like, you kind of had – it was one – space and you had multiple groups like it like one space had orchestra jazz band concert band symphonic like everything is in the same room and you know it's all you know you all have a certain time to be in and out but you know you're you're still you know you're rehearsing and people are coming in floating in and out talking or trying to set up for their thing that they got going on next i mean it it happens all the time, unfortunately, but like you're saying, it's like, to, especially in music, time is precious. It's really hard to get 
Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. and especially if you're paying for a space, which is even, you know, I think it would be even worse because, well, yeah, you know, I, people I, are, you know, you're, you're paying for your time and either people are cutting you short or they're extending their time, which then now your time is shorter. Um, you know, I think we had a lot of that when we would gig too, because of, Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, it's a, you know, 45 minute set. Well, some people don't believe in that and they'll be done when they're done. You know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> that's, that's the opposite side of done when they're done. You know, we always would, well, obviously whenever we walk into a place, we always, the first thing I always do is go to the sound guy. If, if we don't have our own and you know, we try to be cool with him and we introduce ourselves and you always want to be friends with that guy because he can cut you right off and make you sound like crap on purpose absolutely so we never wanted to go over because we didn't want to be a dick towards him or towards the other bands preceding us or 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 coming after us because why would we want to cut into someone else's set like that i mean they're there for the same amount of time as us you know that that whole sort of sort of outline of of the night and obviously things don't run on schedule sometimes because of setting up and breaking down and things like that um but the one thing I always realized was even before the bands are ready to swap swap out kind of thing, so many bands, and this falls into the egotistical kind of thing, so many bands will purposely just go over their time. Like, usually, like it gets to a certain point when, when we're in a set and I'll be asking the sound guy, how many do we have left? How much time do we have left? How, you know, and we won't go over. And you'll have so many bands where they'll be like, oh, yeah, you guys are done. And they'll just kick it into another one because oh, yeah, that's they're favorite. so full of you know, yeah, where they're just so full of themselves. And now you're throwing the whole night off. And that is like the worst possible thing. There is one awesome incident or instance where that happened like in our benefit, which was great. Um, and that was the big art all night gig that we had, which was which was fabulous. Because oh, that was, one. Yeah. Yeah. We were supposed to go on at 11. We go on at 12 because just all the bands were like, we're going to do another one. And the sound guy's like, please don't. And then you just go into another one. And we ended up getting the best time slot and the biggest crowd. So I wasn't mad about that. No, sometimes that, that it works was, out. It's rare, but it, <laughs> yeah, that's like the extremely, extremely rare kind of instance yeah. with that. But I mean, we'll do it all the time where we'll be doing a Philly gig or we'll be doing one of those where it's where it's multi-band. And, you know, we go in and we're always nice to all the groups. We want to make friends. And you get some groups in there where they're just, like, really, really into themselves. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do as long as we want. And we're going to snub everyone else. Because you have respect in quite a few areas with this kind of thing. You have respect with the amount of time that you play. You have respect towards the other band. And you have respect of the actual space itself. And if you violate all three of those, you're you're legally, you know, allowed to go hit one of those those bands. Like, I'm pretty sure that's how that works. I think you're like, right. Like, oh, this guy purposely spilled a beer, and uh, he was late getting there, and now he's going over. And it's like, oh, well, you can just go cold cock him. That's how that works. Yeah, it's written. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. Don't don't <laughs> don't quote me on that. No, you are um, a lawyer. <laughs> God damn it, you're right. But that's that's such a huge, huge kind of thing with that. I mean, especially when you have a schedule to stick to. And if anyone's ever had to run any events like that, where you're, you're scheduled with a lot of groups, it's hard getting everyone together considering like the average oh, amount yeah. of, you know, you have average five band members in each group and you have 10 or so groups on a big set and you're trying to get everyone to run smoothly and, you know, five or 10 minutes in between groups. And then you have to, you know, make sure you have this much time and kind of, you know, obviously there's going to be wiggle room on either end because not every song is the same amount of time, but, it can go horribly wrong when you have bands like that where they're just like, yeah, we're doing another one. Oh, we got time for one more, and they do like a 15-minute song. 
And that's like, that is the worst possible thing. Oh, God, I hate that. So yeah. much. So, 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 so much. There was one uh, situation we had. Where I think it was an outdoor festival. You know, one of the multi, multi-band things. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and we were, you know, we were towards the end, probably like more. We had a good time slot later in the day. But, you know, we get there early. Um, and we're just listening to bands, but we were just realizing they're a whole band behind. Um, that if, I mean, this is, if this is the gig I'm thinking of, they cut us, they cut our set short, didn't they? Exactly. So like we're listening to these bands. I'm like, wow, we're, we're off by like an hour. You know, that's how yeah. far behind they are. Cause these bands are just, they're just doing whatever they want. Yeah. And yeah, you know what? It hurt us big time because we were supposed to get 45 minutes and I think we only, they were like, Oh yeah, it ended up being like 30 minutes. It's like, Oh, yeah, I think know, it was even, it was even less than that. Yeah. yeah. They were just like, Oh, you, you know, you guys got 30 minutes and I'm like, you let these bands on here do whatever they wanted for an hour. So now we yeah. have to pay the price. See, it wasn't the worst part was it wasn't even like it was, it was some super killer group of, of bands going on before us. You had, I remember like before us, the band was doing like a brown eyed girl kind of thing. And I was like, you gotta be shitting me. And then it's like, oh yeah, you guys have a 25 minute set now. And we were one of the headliners. Like we were on those posters and those advertisements in big block lettering, William. Yes. And that's not how it worked. Oh, here, that, here, that, this, <laughs> this will sum up the gig. Somebody yeah. started Sweet Child O' Mine and oh. uh, it was, the complete wrong notes um yeah. so you can you can get a quite the image there and we're just that like, was seriously that was such a big stage though like that was a great stage and then like you know you did have a lot of the bands there were fairly disrespectful like we're always like whenever there's other bands playing i always want to watch if i'm not casing the joint to get over my anxiety then i'm always trying to watch what the other bands are doing and you know just pay attention and you're respectful towards them you know in the in the church as we say and it's like we're on stage and we're getting ready to, you know, do our thing and we're playing and you have the other bands already starting to come out like during our last song and start to set up. And it's like, you got to be shitting me, pal. Like, what are you doing? Yep. Like that, that's the worst. And that gig, I remember specifically, we went on even later because we waited for the band before us to get completely off before we started bringing our stuff up. Because, yeah, I don't want to mix our gear up. I've lost things before. Someone grabs something and just goes, whether they do it on purpose or, or by accident. Um, but, you know, it's just it's so much confusion when you're on a, you know, it's, you have five minutes to switch in between bands. And it's like, why would you want to have two bands doing polar opposite things? One, one person's bringing gear on, the other person's bringing gear off, and you have 15 people all at once, sound guys, everything. It's a mess. So it's, it's just like, so yeah, we... Disaster. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we lost time on that gig because of that additionally, because it's like, yeah, I don't want to go out there and, you know, that kind of a thing. Plus, I mean, I don't blame all the horn guys. They don't want to go out there when everyone's shuffling around because they're holding some pretty expensive instruments. So, yeah, I don't blame them at all. And you have the hardest part because to prep all your thing. I mean, that gig, that one specifically, we didn't have to bring any drums, I remember. Right. But, um, it was just uh, like thank, snare, thank God. snare and cymbals, but... Because that was like, oh, dude, you want to talk about like the height of my anxiety for a gig is when we used to do the Stone Pony gigs. And so like I got to get to the place. I got to walk around. I got to get comfortable. And those places, like that place specifically, it was you wait outside um, until 20 minutes before your set. They let you in a side door. You have to set all your crap up next to the stage in like a little fenced in area in inside. And you just you just wait. 
So now you have 10 minutes before you go on stage and you wait. And it's like, that was the worst because you have no time. So it's like, that band's done. You have to run up and put your stuff up there. And yeah. it's, I've lost, I've lost so much stuff. And that's why, like, every time you see a guitar stand, it has, like, the blue tape on it. Or my stuff has, like, a blue thing of tape on it. So I can just catch it with my eye and be like, oh, that's mine. Right. And, you know, people walk purple, with stuff all the time. The purple uh, uh, rope you use to tie up my cables. Yeah, yeah, the little purple, the purple rope ties. Yeah. yeah I mean, all that kind of stuff it. just because... And and that was so nerve wracking because I'm always we would do so many checks and be like oh my god we probably lost something we I'm gonna lose something oh, I'm gonna lose sure. I'm worried someone someone's gonna grab a case or something big and those gigs you'd have to get all the drums set up and just lift everything it was just it was it was awful because it's drums just are like, the worst I say it all the time stress <laughs> it was stressful it was it was tense I mean swapping stuff on stage like that is just oh god I hate that I hate that um, but the the one thing that bothers me about that kind of thing, whether you're playing for a very short set or a longer set, is people who prep their instruments while the other band's playing. My whether you're, favorite. Yeah, whether you you got drums and you're tuning your drums or you have a horn or something and you're playing, walking around. Now, it's one thing if you're backstage and you're away from everyone in the green room and you're doing your thing back there. Totally understandable. But when you're out next to the stage in the wings or you're in the audience... And it's like, that is like the most disrespectful thing you could do besides probably mooning someone. Nah, there's probably other things in there too. I'm just going from one end to the other. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's pretty, but that it's pretty, kills me. it's pretty bad. It ranks yeah. really high. So up there. I, I was going to say, you and I remember uh, this certain individual at a gig who we saw setting up his pristine $18,000 drum kit. While there, it was a CD release party, and he's playing while this other band is doing their their set, and yep. he's just like getting his stuff together. And we were hysterical because he did look like Bobby Hill from King of the Hill, and uh, he had this massive drum set. And it's like he's tuning, and there's no way he could hear. And it, half the time when people are doing that kind of stuff, I'm always like, he's it's he's doing it for attention. Like that's literally for attention. Absolutely. So people could walk up. And, yeah, so people walk up and like, oh, you're a drummer? Oh, oh, yeah, you noticed? And it's like, get that shit out of my face. That is the worst thing you could ever possibly do. But, I mean, you know, now you having larger instruments like that, <laughs> you know, bigger <laughs> bigger instrument <laughs> than everyone else. That was a good bell, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So you have, you have big, bigger instruments than everyone else. You know, I'm come up with the case and this and that, and the horn guys have their stuff and thing, but you have a thousand pieces, and they're not small. When we're helping you carry your stuff, and we look like a marching band, I mean, how do you even go about doing a multi-gig show like that, a multi-band show, and and being able to switch things in a timely fashion like that when you have that much commotion going on because usually your stuff is the last to get up on stage because it's you know you're waiting for the last guy taking a sweet goddamn time because sometimes that's another thing too it's people take too damn long to get off the stage and they're not being respectful for the band coming on right you know there's no urgency I mean think of yeah I mean think about some of those outdoor gigs we've had. Um, so, all right, so one specifically. So everyone who's not in New Jersey or Pennsylvania, we have a food here. It's very mythical, but it's called pork roll, and it does, in fact, exist. It's not Taylor Ham. It is called pork roll. Yeah, Taylor, yeah. Taylor is the brand, but pork roll is the food. So we had what was called a pork roll fest at one of the places, and that was a big stage, and we had a lot of bands there, and we all had to, you know, you had to bring our stuff, and you had your kit and everything. And just the amount of people coming off of stage and you having to go back up there, I mean – Talk about an anxious thing because as we're up there, you know, we're helping you 
we're we're getting our stuff and tuning everything up and doing mic checks, and then we have to help you get all your stuff up because the last drummer was taking his sweet goddamn time and just dragging his knuckles across the fucking floor. Oh yeah, and it's like. And I was like, you got to be shitting me. And that's the worst because now it's the other side of it. It's not they're not just standing there waiting for you because that's, you know, it's bad enough when someone's standing and they're an audience as you're cleaning your stuff up and they're on the stage just standing there watching you. But now you got this jack wagon shit heel taking forever to break his stuff down. And we're all just standing here with your drums and we're like, dude, what are you doing? Do you, oh, my God. <laughs> do you remember what happened with that guy? After... So after no, he took he took all after he took his sweet time taking all his stuff down, I vaguely I vaguely remember. I was think I was so angry. I, I yeah. pushed it out of my brain. I finally get set up all my stuff on the stage, and he mm. comes up to me. Yo, bro, that's my drum rug, and I'm like, Oh, Are that you? was that guy. Yeah. Oh. So I had to take all my stuff off so he could get his Ugh. drum rug that he forgot to get even though you know for the drummers out there you should always have a drum rug because you never know what situation you're going to roll into but this was when it was a you know those prefab stages but they had that carpet lining on the top of it so he didn't yeah, even yeah. really need the, the rug in the first place i, I don't the look i probably gave him uh, he was like oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry like i'll help you and I'm like the last thing I need touch, you to, is to touch shit. my stuff at this point because you obviously yeah, can't yeah. handle your own. So, oh my god! But that was the thing. He's like he had no, you know, people don't have like the urgency and the respect for others. Like, hey, you know, let me get my stuff off here. We're done. Like me, it's like I try and set it up like it's a pit crew. That's like yeah. it, if I can yeah. get it set up beforehand, that's great. But that's pretty rare because it's more so like. I need the space to be able to do that. Um, yep. But, you know, I try my best and really bust my butt to get everything set up so we could start on time because I really want to get in a sound check. <laughs> you know, I really, yeah, yeah. you know, they, sometimes the, you know, the, the mixers want, you know, to test the mics and all that the sound guys. Um, so I'm like, I'm really trying hard. And that's also one of the reasons why I kind of roll with a pretty, basic setup because people always give me a heart oh you need more drums you need more cymbals <laughs> that's more stuff for me to carry no thanks yeah um yeah. i can do I just like, yeah, fine with what i have <laughs> but yeah well you see the guys roll in with the 18 piece kit and it's like why have fun setting that up you look like a, of a marching band dude but exactly that, that gig was that gig was rough with that guy making you take all the stuff off for the rug because all of the mics were already set up on your kit that's the other thing we now yeah. we now had to move everything out of the way i mean thankfully like everyone put their stuff down and we all kind of helped to do it but it's just like so matter of factly we're ready to do a sound check and just bro that's my drum rug and it's like not anymore it's not yeah i was like oh thanks it's mine now but i mean you oh, boy. you touched on a good point there uh for you know all the other non-drummers and band members uh i'm very fortunate that you know the group you guys are very open and willing to help me out whenever whenever you get a chance you know with whether it's setting up or tear down and it's such a big help and i guess i can speak for all the drummers out there that we truly appreciate you know stuff like that so if anybody is listening if you if you're set up and you're you know you're feeling pretty good 
make sure that, you know you help help give the drummer a little something you know help yes, help him yes, out because yes, yes. he's struggling back there he's sweating you know oh oof that is so true because i but mean that's even, like even you not, know, not even just drummers though like we have we've had that before where people are just like standing around you know nobody's, oh, yeah, nobody's in their help, pockets yeah nobody's helping tear down it's like <laughs> we have this whole sound system these speakers are like a thousand pounds a piece and yeah they're they're just they packed up their stuff and that's all they care about it's like mm, yeah. that's not gonna jive no, that was we had a, a band member years ago who literally the second he hit that last note, he'd pack his shit up, he'd have his jacket on, and be like, "Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be heading out," and it's like, I'm holding like a giant speaker or something like that, and it's like, "Great, bud, have a good time." And right. it's like you see everyone else helping here. I mean, I'm very particular where it's I have to carry my own stuff, I have to pack up my own stuff. I'm weird because I don't necessarily like people touching it because I've had problems. Or things get messed up and, you know, people drop things or they bang things into stuff or it gets misplaced. It's like, I just rather do it myself. And also, I don't like being spoiled like that with a thing. But where it's like where you have the biggest instrument in the room. <laughs> there it is you know, again. We have to. Yeah. Any kind of penis innuendo automatically gets the bell. I have I have a, I have a whole format for what we follow with that. There's strict rules. Exactly. Yeah. It's on a whiteboard. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I digress from the penis innuendos. Um you know that's just that's just what you do because not only is it again it's not just etiquette with the place or the other bands but within your own group and rachel had a really good point in what she had written me because she said you know we're all on the same team whether you're within the one band or other bands you're all on the same team it's not a competition you know everyone should be helping each other out and there has to be some sort of respect with that kind of thing so when you have guys in in a group and you know, they always make that joke. They're like, oh, it's the lead singer. He just stands over there and does nothing while everyone's packing in. Oh, oh not carrying anything. And people would always bust my chops for that. And it's like, dude, I'm carrying all of my shit. I'm literally carrying everything I possibly can. Right. And, and we typically travel know. with a sound system. I mean, we're not Yeah. We're not that yeah. baller. I mean, we have to bring literally every piece of equipment. And we don't have yeah. people. I mean, luckily we have, you know, we have a few helping hands to, from time to time. But we got to, you know we're pretty much hauling all that stuff ourselves i mean it's you know like we'll get to gigs and we'll have some ample time to set up and you know all the band guys will be rolling in the best possible thing they do is they come in like hey man what's going on what do you need me to grab and i love that that is like yeah. such a good attitude what do you need me to grab what do you need me to set up can i do anything that's awesome and sometimes yeah we need help or sometimes not nah, it's you know we're good but it's like it's at least thought. if you have yeah other people kind of helping um and not only is you know, like I would say, respecting the space kind of thing, which with that kind of with as far as etiquette goes um, for setting up. But taking down and cleaning up and breaking your equipment down is very important, too, because you got to be you got to be clean and you got to be neat. Because how many gigs have we gone to where we where it's either either a band played the night before or a band played the set before or they played earlier in the day and it just looks like absolute garbage like it looks like a fucking tornado went through uh wait oh, it's, I, it's not acceptable to you know leave beer glasses laying around or you know food oh remnants and trash well that's like <laughs> yeah that's you know make it look like a big dump man that's like we've had gigs we've gone to where it's like a specifically one one place near us or closer to us where you know it was everyone community cables and things and we'd go there and there'd be stuff missing because a band played earlier in the day and they just took stuff 
and we would get blamed for it. And that's the worst thing because having to be the band on the receiving end of that, it's awful because then they lose trust in, in you. I remember uh, that or, email. Yeah, that was a great one where they're just like, oh, yeah, hey, you're you're taking all of our stuff and, you know. Or you left the you, le- you left the stage a mess and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, oh literally the, the venue, you know, the person that runs venues is emailing us about, you know, that, the condition we left the stage in. And we're like, excuse yeah. me, we got up there and we cleaned it. I mean, I remember handing yeah. glasses down to like a, to a waitress and like their leftover food. And I was like, this isn't, we just got up yeah. here. This yeah. isn't ours. But no, we got blamed for that. We also probably well, got that blamed was... for, you know, stealing equipment and cables and things like that, which we bring all of our yeah. own funny. Yeah, we have, we, and we label everything. But that was, I remember that gig with the glasses and stuff. That one, sp- I mean, there's been more like that. Specifically where it's, that was a New Year's Eve one and there was a band that played earlier in the day and the, they were offering like all the free beer stuff to bands. And, you know, I hate the look of glasses and bottles and stuff up on a stage. But that was, the band was just going nuts before us. And we walk up and it was disgusting up there. It's all like half-eaten food. There's half-filled glasses and stuff spilled. And it's like, and I've had that too where you have closer uh, bands in a closer proximity to you. Like we've done gigs in, in Philly or what have you and, you know, we get up on stage and there's bottles everywhere or there's bottles on the amp or there's shit spilled and you're kicking stuff or they're getting out of your way and they're kicking all shit over and it's like dude this is not good and that's like i love the smaller music venues they're fun but they all do have a specific look and the specific look is no one cares yeah and that's such a shame you know it's a shame where it's like yeah the carpet was never brown (laughs) <laughs> but now it is, you know, and it's, it's because just people walk in, they do not give a shit and they leave because they left the shit. You know, that's literally what it is. Right. And you, it's know, even, you never will. Yeah. It's even, you w- never, t- sorry, go, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was, I said, it's, I'm just going to make even, a stupid joke. It's not funny. Oh, Don't worry. No, good. <laughs> I, sa- I saved everybody. <laughs> I said, it's even worse when they, um, when they actually have equipment for you. Like, yeah. you know, when there's oh, a backline of equipment and, you know, don't get too excited, but like, it's just, it is, I've never had like where all oh, the equipment's really nice. No, it's all beat. You know, people yeah. don't take care of it. And that's a sad yeah. part. And for me, like, if I see that drums are provided, oh my God, it, it makes my day because it's like less I have to take. But I've learned through the years that I don't trust that. Uh, I still bring my own stuff, but it's a shame because I shouldn't have to, you know, it should be in working order. It should be taken care of, but people do not care. They just end up using the drums as as a, you know, gigantic coaster or food tray. Yeah. There was a, I remember, and that's why, you know, because you always bring your backup equipment. So it's, it kind of sucks for you because it's, even though like a drums provided, you're like, I'm still bringing everything because who knows what's going to work. There was a, the one specific big street, uh, street festival that we played and the uh, the kick drum pedal wasn't working and it was sliding <laughs> yeah. away like it was literally sidestepping away from the kit that was yeah. lovely and that those oh my god it's like held on with duct tape and it's falling apart and there was one gig that we did in new hope pa and they were like yeah, yeah we got drums and it and they didn't have drums it was a kick drum a snare drum and a floor tom and that floor drum that floor tom looked like oscar the grouch was gonna pop out of it like it looked like fucking trash can i thought they were using it for trash trash (laughs) yeah and and we're just like what is 
what you can't say you have things like th- that for bands and i guess it's a lot of the places don't really realize what a, a band requires but it's also the people using it and beating the hell out of it because it's not theirs and it's like that is definitely not respect you're, you're hitting two shitty birds with one big turd where it's you're not respecting the space because you're abusing the equipment which then also makes you not respect the other bands who have to play there. So it's like the etiquette's not hard to follow with this kind of thing. You just have to be nice. You have to be courteous. You have to understand it's like everyone is in in the same boat with all this kind of stuff, you know? And what I was yeah. going to say was you never you never take a shit. You always leave a shit. And that is how it always is with these goddamn gigs because <laughs> I love doing the multi... I love doing... Don't laugh at it. It's not funny. But I oh, love sorry. doing the multi... I love <laughs> doing the multi-band gigs. They're fun. I like meeting other bands. We've met so many bands we network with and we do a lot of stuff with. Um, but, man, it's, it's just like some of the... Sometimes it's brutal with that. Like, when we used to throw our big shows that we did, we either did the um, night before Thanksgiving ones or we would rent out the rooms at the banquet halls near us or the theater we used to rent out and do stuff where we'd have a couple bands on a bill. I mean, we 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 set the whole room up and we broke the whole room down. I mean, chairs, tables, everything. We put everything back where it had to go. You know, we cleaned up all the garbage that we had to do. We had everything was provided for people. We talked them through how to use it. We never, ever would trash anything like that i mean what good would that be because that's not gonna help anything run smoothly i mean we had it like clockwork for all the gigs we did it was absolute clockwork yeah i mean we certainly tried and because i mean yeah i, I, I mean, think it, our previous experiences has like helped plan it like we you know we know what we can't stand you know yeah, from our past yeah. so we're just kind of like let's try and do this better and hopefully if you know for the other groups that are listening uh, i i hope we did a good job i think we did uh, I think we did because, I mean, from doing so many gigs where it was, you know, it was less than fortunate for us. We knew, learned what to do and what not to do. You know, like, you know, when you have people come up on stage and you're using their equipment and they blow out an amp or they destroy something. And it's like, yeah, we're not going to have that happen. We're going to do everything to get around that. So that's why we were very selective with any of the bands we've picked to be on shows like that. I mean, we've still had some little issues here and there. I mean, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, the Christmas light incident. That's probably one of my favorites because oh, great. You got to bring it up going, again. Sorry. I thought you were going to have an aneurysm. It was terrible. Um, like that, like things like that where Long story short, we had, we had spoken about this in a previous um, episode, but William had put on a lovely, lovely coat of paint and finish on these drum shells. It looked sharp as shit, and a gentleman who was using his drums for the night because Will's kit was the house kit for the evening, um, you know, now you've got everyone coming up to play this damn thing, beating the hell out of it, and a gentleman got old school, not LED, but old school Christmas lights and draped them very violently all over this drum kit and then proceeded to beat... <laughs> to beat the hell out of these drums like fred flintstone and yeah. it was not great not cool man it was not not good i mean i couldn't imagine like i understand having an an amp be like you know that part of the house back line like i've have amps like people can use my stuff when we do that but to have drums or something that you physically play i could never feel comfortable with that so power to you because that weirds me out because it's, it's just i know someone would someone would scratch something they'd beat the shit out something yeah. break a string they'd they'd throw it like no no it's no, a no, tough no, 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 no. it's a tough pill to swallow but i mean we it just made sense for the flow because 
we didn't want yeah. the the tearing down of the drum sets and we're, you know somebody else putting it back up it just takes so much time and it's just easier when a drummer can come in and just like put down you know put his cymbals down and you know bring a yeah. snare drum and he'd be fine so like yeah i'm not too keen on people playing my stuff but like <laughs> i wanted people to be I wanted to be less stressed and I wanted people to be happy and to run smoothly. And that's also, I would think would probably be part of the etiquette. It's like, you know, when we had those things, it's like, I let people borrow my stuff. And, but like, you know, I also like made sure that they need, you know, everything was good. I'd come over and be like, how's everything good? Feel free to move anything, do whatever you need to do. Do you need something else? Like, you know, that's, well, you were so easy going with that kind of stuff though. You weren't strict with it which is great because I guess there, there's got to be that mutual kind of trust between, you know, you supplying it and then the person playing it. Right. That's, that's such a, a difficult thing. And having you know, because it, uh, a lower end, um, more robust <laughs> equipment and drum set versus, yeah. you know, my good stuff. I, I keep it home, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I don't blame so you. So for dude. like, no, 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 you just got to know, and be prepared for the situation. So it's like, obviously, I'm not going to bring my really nice stuff. But, you know, I always take care of my stuff no matter what. Does, doesn't mean, like, this set is neglected or anything. It's just, it's older and, you know, it's less expensive. So I'm like, I'll just use that, you know, and, you know, hopefully it works out. Yeah. And it, everything was fine. I mean, just, except for those lights and the fact that he you know put craters into those drums but <laughs> oh no i felt so bad man that was the night we had the new drum head on it too we had the logo the first time we got the logo on the drum head yeah i had new drums that was that night? new drum heads all the way around and you know as for a drummer he should know it's like those heads are like 15 bucks a pop depending on the size it's like yeah i just i normally never get new heads and i'm like you know what? I, I it's brand new, brand new look. I'm gonna get some new heads. <laughs> sure as sure as shit. You know, by the end of the night, it looked like you know the the moon had so many craters on oh. it. Well, that was too. He had the walking kick drum as well because he was beating the shit so hard at it. And it's at that point where you have someone playing like that and they just don't care. And that's the worst. It's like they just do not care. There's no respect. They're not thinking oh this is someone's drums this is someone else's expensive instrument they're just like i'm gonna beat the hell out of this it's it's a testosterone thing at this point and that i cannot stand because there was one time i had an instance of that and i had words with the gentleman and i was not having it because i had a gig that we played or was a um that i had to go sit in with someone where i was whatever playing throughout the night and I had my instrument up there, and it was one of the big guns that I don't normally bring out, assuming I'm just going to be the only one. And then they do the thing, the, uh, oh, we're going to invite someone else up to play. Let him play your guitar. And it's like, oh, please don't. If he didn't bring one, don't have, if he didn't bring one, don't have him play. And then he's got to play one of my expensive things and beating the hell out of it, sweating all over it. Oh, I had to change the strings the next fucking day. They were new strings I put on this one particular guitar, and he was so clammy and sweaty I had to change the strings next. Day. I had to oil the neck down because it was just it was disgusting. Oh god! What, what guitar like, was it? It was my blue SG. Oh, it's the blue SG. All right. Yeah, the blue the blue Gibson, <laughs> oh, man, the that's SG cool. Supreme. And it was gr- it was gross, and it's just like, ugh. and it's like he's not only playing it hard, he's beating the hell out of it. I I had to buff the body because he's making pick scratches all over everything. I remember he physically. Oh, I'd the, cringe. The, yeah, the whatever pick that I was using, I think it was like red or white or something. It showed up easily on the body. 
there was literally like pick powder under the strings from him like strumming so hard and he was just beating the hell out of it. like it wasn't great it wasn't anything and it's just like oh yeah yeah let him play your guitar he's gonna come up i don't even think they said oh let him play your guitar i think it said oh we're just gonna have so and so come up and sit in with us and he just like picked mine up and i'm like oh you gotta be shitting with me and i told him i was like i said do you ever play anyone else's instruments and he was like nah man but that thing was great and i was like don't ever touch it again i said learn i said you need to learn how to respect an instrument like that it's so unnecessary and it was great this man was like three times my senior and I just didn't care at that point. I was, I wasn't mean about it, but I was like, you can't treat an instrument like that. Like this was not yours. This is very expensive. Go home. (laughs) Like, I don't Uh know. Oh dude, it was brutal. But I mean, looking at this, this whole kind of spectrum of everything, as far as etiquette and respect goes, and the the order of it what do you think you know because you always have these wonderful words of of wisdom with everything you know whether it be in a public rehearsal space where you have other bands going back and forth all day whether it be for school or uh, more of a recording space or more of the actual like the like a performing rock band kind of space or you have the multi-band shows and you know things like that we have a lot of bands on a bill what do you think are some of the most important factors to keep in mind if we had to sum this guy up like what can you do to just make it run smoothly if everyone everyone kind of does it in unison? What can make these things run way smoother than, you know, all the horror stories we've talked about? <laughs> yeah. I guess they all kind of are the same in, in one way or the aspect, you know. Um, it's it, – I think it's just being aware of your surroundings. It's like, you know, be – you know, be aware and be cautious and, and courteous about and cautious res- is a good one. Nice. nice. Yeah, and respectful of people's time. Um, you know, it's everybody's, we're all in it together. Everybody's trying to do the same thing. So, you know, it, it's just a matter of just paying attention. It's common sense. It's, this is really nothing crazy, but it seems very difficult for some people to follow. Um, but you know, they, they just can't comprehend it for no, some reason. I just think I think you said it before. Or they I, think they think the rules don't apply to them, which is the worst. Right, and I think I think you said it before. It, I think the you know the kind of the silver lining and all that. It, it's I think it's an ego thing when it comes down to it. Of a hundred percent. I mean, so. I just think yeah. that people think that they're better than others, so they don't have to respect equipment, time. You know, they don't have mm-hmm. to be you know nice to people and. I think that's those are the ones that have a, a hard time with it, but for us that like to you know follow the rules here, um, yeah, it's just like a bunch of dweebs like us. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just being respectful. I mean, I just take the time to sit back. We know what we got to do. We know the time frame that we're playing. It's just I like for me, I just sit back. I let the band before us whether it's a rehearsal or playing i let them get all their stuff collect themselves and mm-hmm. you know let them get out of the way and then it's our time and you know i'm quick on setup we're all very quick on setup because we got to either play or yeah. we got to rehearse there's really you know there's no we can't afford to lose any time and the same thing with you know takedown and teardown things it's you know it's but you know you're going to get the person that's going to take their time uh, you know, tearing down and stuff like that. So be it. You can't control it. I just rather, I'd rather wait it out so equipment doesn't get mixed up. 
and you don't get blamed for things or things go missing. It's just let them do what yeah. they got to do. You know, don't try and set up what other people are trying to tear down. I just, just get on and get off. That's, that's the thing. I mean, that's what it is. That's what it is. It's not, and we're pretty good. At, we're pretty good at getting off. I'd imagine. I think we're, we're experts. <laughs> Now that was the bell. But the one big thing that I realized, and it really kind of helped ease my mind with the whole situation of, you know, trading the stage or so to speak, is you have two things and they're going to make you two different, two different options and they're going to make you or two different instances. They're going to make you feel better about the whole thing. You're either going to go up there while you're swapping your gear and the other band is really sweet to you and they're really nice and they take, you know, they're, they're, either helping you bring stuff up or you help them take stuff off and it's a teamwork kind of thing and you're nice and you become buds and then you network and that's a great relationship and they like your set and you like their set and that makes you feel pretty good or you try to talk to the other band they're a bunch of cocky little shits and the problem with that is usually when they're really cocky and really full of themselves they're usually probably pretty terrible or, or they don't sound very good and they're not well rehearsed that's even better for you now being one of the other bands because you're thinking you know what we blew these dudes out of the water and they're so full of themselves so it works out in either way which is always it's great. a great way to and put that's it at yeah. least something it's that's so something true. that i always yeah i mean it's we've experienced both like we have so many friends we've made from the different music scenes of being on bills with people because you never know who you're going to be on unless you know the group already or you're friends with them or you request to be on it. it's it's usually a crapshoot you never know so as long as everyone just kind of respects, you know, the the space, the other bands, and then the band that you're in, I mean, it's that little trifecta of just of respect. If you can if you can get through that, I feel, you know, the good band and performer etiquette isn't that hard to follow. It's just common human decency, and I think that's the most important thing. Absolutely. But that's just me. No, that's you, just me. No, I, you I are right. I, I would like to think. Oh my god. He just dropped me. For those listening, he <laughs> I just did, dropped me. I literally. Oh my god! I literally did what you did last week. Yeah. Son of a bitch! Oh my my iPad took a slam because I pulled on my headphone cable and it looked like Will just fell asleep on my desk because the whole thing fell over. We're good though. You hit the bell on your way down. I don't know if you. Heard oh, I was trying. I was reaching for it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I think on that note, Rachel. Hopefully, we were able to kind of put this in a better perspective and to kind of take something a little more negative as you know the rudeness and the lack of respect but kind of put it in a more positive light of what can be done about it or just how to avoid that negativity because man i'm all about just at the absence of negativity in my life on and off the stage take the so high road I, I loved yeah i mean what's yeah, the baby, worst I, I, what's the worst that's gonna happen i mean like you said it's just you know be the better person and you know you make great connections and Honestly, if you're if you're organizing an event, you know the bands that you're not going to invite, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, we done we've done it before. You know, it, we've done it, but yeah. it it, I, it I, pays I, off. <laughs> totally does. And I, I liked I liked this question. I liked this topic. This was very good, Rachel. Thank you so much for sending this in. Um so I would just like to thank everybody again for listening. You know, it's our 14th week doing this thing. I think we're, we're having a blast, and hopefully you guys are all having fun listening to it. If Once more, if you would like to submit a question, go to charleslarita.com slash contact for us to answer in a long format kind of style like we did whatever time of day you're listening to this. I was going to say tonight because we're recording it at night, but it might be during the day. It might be in the morning. I don't know. You might be on your way to somewhere fun. 
or not. Who knows? You might be in your living room. Might be really sad. That's okay, regardless, though, because we're all sad when we're recording. We're this. with you. That's if all you that like matters. This, yeah, <laughs> we're with you in 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 spirit and in words and in just massive penis innuendos and it's great if you would like to support us on patreon and be one of our patrons for one dollar a month um and you get your your name in the end of any of the videos that we do in in the credit section stuff like that and we also have some access to some super secret merch discounts that the public doesn't have you can go to charlesreader.com on our homepage. there's a big orange button that says patreon and you can go through that if you do become one of our patrons we appreciate it immensely and we're completely humbled and honored to have that and if not we still love you just the same as we always do Whew, that was a mouthful that was flawless gonna ring i'm gonna <laughs> ring that one again because it was just kind of funny but guys this has been the drop the beat podcast this was a great one this week hopefully you all enjoyed listening my name is charles larita and i'm will sarver and we will see you guys next week thank you so much later see ya